What's up, what's up, it's your boy Damon, I am back in full effect, and we're here on WHBK 88.5, WHBK.org, Ergo showcasing strong young voices from Chicago and beyond, we're back after a bit of a crazy week last week with a great guest, the incomparable Chicago's shining light as I like to call her, Jasmine Barber. Hey, 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 <laughs> that was so nice, I felt like I was like on some Disney movie, like I was going to come out in a ball gown, that was crazy yes, lit. All the time. I think that's cool. Thank y'all for having me here. I appreciate y'all. Thank you for coming. We really appreciate having you in our little space once a week. Talk to people that are really, you know, not only great artists or great, you know, figures in the city, but great people, too. And Definitely. I think that's something I really, really admire about you, and I'm glad to have you here for the next hour. Thank so people you. can just hear who you are as a person. So how you feeling? What's, what's going on? I've been, look, on I'm living. Space? I'm living. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I got to see my best friend, Kush Thompson, turn 21 last night. Woo -woo. So I was really happy to see that. And then my brother turned 20 years old on August 5th, too. So I was really glad just to see two people I love very, very much get to come and be here for another year. So what was the uh, what was the turn up for Kush? Oh, Kush uh, hung out with, uh, well, we all went and hung out at the Unapology event, uh, Unapologetic event that Malcolm London and Kevin and Peter Cottontail DJ last night and another girl I think her name was Evie the Cool I don't want to yeah, forget her cool. too yeah so I, I did got there a little bit late because I'm hosting at Soul Speak every Wednesday so I had to do that little plug but tell us a little bit about that yeah, go ahead full so plug. Binky is out of town uh, he's in like Thailand Thailand he left so he ain't coming back so I feel him uh, <laughs> but he is coming back but as of now Binky has like you know kind of like knighted me as the run her up for like the Chicago like Binky spot if that makes any <laughs> sense so like Binky was like yo you're the only person I can trust to do this do it right so and me and Harold get along too so what is Soul Speak real quick for those Soul who are Speak, uninitiated it is a 21 and up open mic on the south side of Chicago not south side like south loop uh, right across the street from or down the street around the corner from the Metro LaSalle station it's 416 South Clark and it's $5 before 9 and then it's seven after and we're there until like eleven thirty or so. And you host? I do host, yeah. I host with Harold Green, another amazing guy from Chicago that I super, super look up to. So. Do you do you like hosting? Is that a role you've gotten comfortable with? I've definitely gotten used to it. I was not used to doing it. I enjoy people, but I guess like having that type of like position around people has been something I've been getting used to because I first of all doing this radio thing I'm not a big fan of my boys so like <laughs> that was something I got used to I'm like oh my god like when I was younger teachers would be like can Jasmine shut up like Jasmine be quiet you talk too much pink slip covered all over my progress board Jasmine interrupting blah 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 oh, so now I was just so like I love talking to people so I was just like I have to get used to doing this hosting thing but I love it though I like it that's funny we were talking a couple weeks back about like what are the marks that you get on your report card every year and oh, mine was now. the same thing it was like this kid's like he's on top of his stuff but he talks he, to he, he just needs to be quiet sometimes yes you know? we, we have the same birthday so you already knew we was gonna have to have the problem December 18th y'all oh look December oh my god December 18th what a, what first of all <laughs> let me say I'm trying to have a balling party I'm trying to have like you have to wear a jersey you have to wear mm. a basketball jersey to the party like you have to wear a basketball what jersey, jersey you coming with kiss I feel like I could uh, play the stereotype and just wear my John Stockton. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to get the Jordan jersey. I'm going to be 23. I got to wear the Jordan jersey. Yeah, so that's actually this past year when your birthday was for your 22nd. You know, it was yes. obviously just like every year we had the same birthday and you had, uh, you know, I'd been here maybe five months at that point and you had a party over at Malcolm's house. Um, and <laughs> so I had a feeling Damon was going to be there. And then he walked in and I'm like, I'm feeling good. You know, it's middle of the night. Uh, 
yeah, I'm birthday week, feeling great. Damien walks in, I say, hey, what's up? And then behind him are just three kids from our college who I had no idea were just going to walk into this house. That was oh, bizarre. my God, because y'all went to Grinnell, right? Mm -hmm. I was supposed to go to Grinnell, but then the Spanish in high school was like, oh, no, you can't go to Grinnell, baby. You got a D. Uh-uh. So, Spanish is what? Look, I used to... Look, I almost cursed. That teacher gave me the hardest let's, term. Let's, let's call him out. What is the teacher's name? Oh, look. Oh, I'm right here. This is like WGCI 92.3. I'm right here. Look, Miss Compost. I uh, know Ms. you Campos, out here. We at you. Miss Compost, you, you right bogus, here. Dude. Look, you was a good teacher, but you knew... I was not rocking with Spanish. No, you should have just her, gave me the C. In her defense, do you know how to speak Spanish? No, I don't. Right. I so, really don't know how to do anything in that does, class. Who does, though? Who goes to a high school? I don't do anything in that class, language. but get on her nerves. First of all, speaking Spanish, a huge amount of people know how to speak Spanish. I said That's from it. high school. I didn't know how to say Chipotle when <laughs> I first seen that sign. I thought it was Chipotle. So, like, <laughs> y'all shouldn't have had me in that class in the first place. I should have been down in gym, the right. where I should have been. So let's backtrack to before... Uh, before Miss Compost, <laughs> before Compost got the bars, <laughs> um, where uh, where in the city did you grow up? What's your family like? You know, what what kind of stuff do they do? They artists too. What's the what's the what's the backdrop? Okay, well, I'm from the south side of Chicago. I was born on, well, born at Little Company Mary, came over and was laying out and chilling and booling on 91st and Carpenter <laughs> until like seven or eight years old. And then my parents and I moved to Beverly, where I currently stay. Uh, and then my parents got divorced, so I stay with my mom now and my brother and my sister and my two lovely dogs who get on my nerves too, mm. so... So yeah. I, I grew up near uh, kind of like on the outskirts of Beverly, and I went to school in Beverly. So I kind of what school know. did you go to? I went to NPA. True, right, right, right. Which is what for the Morgan Park Academy Morgan Park is Academy. like it's, they're right down the street. Morgan Park and Morgan Park Academy are on the same exact street on the opposite sides, and all you yeah. got to do is walk up the hill <laughs> or down the hill, and you know exactly yep. which one you're going only, to. Only Morgan Park High School students know that we exist. So yes, they be like in the world. I'm like I go to Morgan Park. They be like, oh, you know my cousin Shawnee. I'm like, nah. And then no, you crazy. You said that. Because only people who think, and when I say Morgan Park, they automatically think Morgan Park Academy for me. Like, oh, you know Becky? I'm like, no, I don't. I don't know Becky. I know Shantice. That's, that's, that's who I know. I didn't know Becky. So, so yeah, I, I know kind of how uh, complicated Beverly can yeah. be. Mm -hmm. um, how was your experience with that? Because with, with there being a, a basically a, a racially diverse over yeah. the last few decades, but upper middle class, but still very kind of... There's a lot of undertones going on there, and what's 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 that experience? Yeah, how would, for you? and how would you describe Beverly as a neighborhood, as a community, or lack thereof? Um, definitely that lack thereof in regards to people of color. Um, a lot of I live. I'm the only black family on my block. Uh, we had another black family that lived right across. Well, lived right next door to me. But what happened was they ended up moving, so we ended up being the only black family again. <laughs> and I remember just looking and holding my hands on the window, like, <laughs> like how R. Kelly was when he was in Trap in the College. He was looking out the window when it was rain. I was just watching them move. Like you cannot leave me here with them. And like we had already had a problem with them. Like it kind of was just. I knew I didn't know anything about racism for real, except like races are people who are mean, who are out to hurt you, and they don't like the fact that you're black. I had an idea of that, but then when you get older and you get more educated, you start seeing what racism really looks like, like not getting invites to the block parties on the block or not being invited to the meetings they have when they decide to delegate what goes on in the neighborhood or when you are the family that the police gets called on the most when you have uh, birthday parties or things going on in your neighborhood. Like, I had a 4th of July party last year, and I had everything red, black, and green in the backyard. And my biggest fear was when, my biggest fear was that the police was going to come over here and see all that, and they were like, oh, y'all got like a, a Black Panther party going on over here or something? Like, no, we just black people enjoying our the independence that we could have today, you know, because it's not for us. So we just doing it the best way we could, and just dealing with not being able to enjoy my neighborhood like the white kids were has always been an issue for me, too. Dame, do you think that um, like north side white folks who grew up here not even like transplants like me but like Chicago natives like know what Beverly is like basically like what role do you think it plays for the city and that's for both of you um, for me the Beverly Morgan Park area is really interesting uh, mm -hmm. because 
I had the question one day, I'm like, man, this is a really big city. And I know there's like the north side, north shore, but like, where are all the white people, right? Like, like, yeah. like you go to a Bulls game or you go somewhere and like, Chicago's represented, there are a lot of white people. But yeah. When I drive around the south side, I don't see them. Mm-hmm. And Beverly is one of those few pockets uh, where it's kind of like the last little edge of the city where you're kind of touching a lot of suburbs. Mm -hmm. But like if you are a city worker, let's say like a police officer or a firefighter, you'll find a lot of them live in In this little community of Beverly. Which seems like the uh, perfect Petri dish for just a little casual racism. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's also... um, upper middle class racism which is yeah, or, or or at least middle class which is different than like what you usually expect is much more subtle uh oh, it's much more organized. especially from the black people in the neighborhood too especially when you and that's where classism and that type of that aspect comes in because then you see certain black people who necessarily might not look like they need or should be in Beverly. You're like, where did they come from? Right. I don't see even, I don't even know where did you come from? And what happens is this whole racism thing is so many levels to it because when you have black people who are not from the neighborhood come in there, as a black person who does live in the neighborhood, if some things do pop off, which they have, where there's been stealing and theft, your family ends up being the target. Like, oh, yeah. that got to be their friends or that got to be their family involved with that. So yeah. then you're the trying to get out of cousin. that. The infamous cousin, like, <laughs> I, look, my cousin I had nothing to do with that. Like my cousins all live in Tennessee. They ain't got nothing to do with what's going on up here. And like just dealing with that and just not having the support. Like I remember when there was a boy on the block who got killed very tragically, a freak accident in the neighborhood. Um, not even gonna go into detail about how it happened, but he was his he died and it was such a big community like uplift like people were coming together everybody was doing the thing but the the girl that i went to high school with who died right across the street from morgan park academy or right down the street jade rest in peace to her she was killed by her boyfriend and uh uh, yeah terrible thing and there was no no nothing like she's right down the street and it's the same thing i didn't i didn't think i even heard as much like news coverage about that until after the fact and like it was just us talking about it and just to be on a block where nobody really truly cares about your well-being like people bring i've seen people bring people stuff like treats and like cakes and flowers when stuff happens to them but when my mom got a divorce they were not messing with my mom because my mom was then the only black woman and then all ultimately the only black single parent on the block so it was just all families all white families two parent households and then it was us yeah i mean so i always when i was first and i'm still in the process of trying to get to know the city but when i first came i always use a metaphor of like invisible walls Mm -hmm. but it seems like more and more i'm starting to see like how it works better as like bubbles and pockets yeah definitely you know and train tracks yeah Mm. train tracks and bubbles because that's how it all go down to and i think you would be interested to to see Beverly because it's one of those yeah. places that has not so invisible walls. It's yeah. kind of like yeah, the, the, cul-de-sac. the cul-de-sac community. They they definitely will. You can one get way. trapped in there, and people get so yeah. lost. Like especially when I have black friends who come over from further down on the south side. Like yo, I cannot get around over here. Or like I sometimes get so a little bit little lazy, lazy days ago with like just like telling people like where I'm at, and they be like, look, like I don't know where I'm at. You gotta tell me what corner because some yeah. streets don't even go all the way through. Yeah. So and like driving around this roundabout, driving around. For 87 hours trying to find Hoin, and you like Hoin, honey. Like I've had people ask me if my street is honey because it's just like I don't even know what else to do for yeah, them. I'm, but like I'm right on the other side of that culture. True, so, yeah. Like, you know, definitely getting directions over there. You can see that. Like those planning meetings you're talking about mm-hmm. that the community has is very tight knit, but they're very intentional in terms of. Oh yeah, and I, look, I have keep, my own. I got out. my own uh, ideas about what the meetings are for, and I think they include bed sheets and they're white. So I don't know necessarily what other things they do, but I know just trying my to black. keep the uh, the local small business laundry. Yeah, you know, just trying to keep the laundry together, make sure they got their starch. You know, what I'm saying if they ever need somebody to just come through and check, I can come in. You know, what I'm saying have my little bed sheets. Go to Anna Lynn and give me some. You know, pull me a little Clayton. Bigs, BC, what y'all so talking you, about? So you think it's like a toga party situation? <laughs> definitely a toga party. Definitely some Jaeger involved. You know, like whatever they got going on, they, we are not invited to those meetings. Oh, that's such a funny like line of continuity, though. You think about like the frat boys in college and the toga parties, then graduating and just moving straight into the clan meetings. And just, just, just keep the same outfit. Just keep the same outfit. Oh, I haven't washed God. this sheet in three years. So it's oh, just like a memorabilia all over it. Just like, okay, I see what y'all got going on over here. This is Ergo, WHPK, ErgoRadio.com with Jasmine Barber. We're going to hear a new track 
from uh, one of Chicago's definitely strong young voices and a friend of the program. Hopefully we'll get him up here at some point. Saba featuring Tink. Pivot. Here's Temporary on WHPK. To debris, I feel like I've been here before. Shorty took five and lift away. That's more like a miracle. They gon' try to take you down when you get to your pinnacle. Some niggas will fall, but some just stay up like the spiritual. You empty handed with a temper tantrum. If God is greed, then by all means, pray to steal a line for a steal with Dolly. Young and improper with an impala. With ten solids, niggas couldn't stay grounded. There's no humble on the side of town. It feel like ego gon' turn to C4 and melt this bitch down. But I probably die and reappear as but more important. Got the people like a portal. Stepping port authority. Woke up and found my soul. Now I can probably pour it. I heard I write like a poet. Coach said I'm going to it. Rest in peace, my nigga. How we take a shit for granted when it's like it's barely even noise. And now you vagabond. Funny they tagged along. Back when you had the dog. You knocked on heaven's door. And asked them to spare change. They only sparing love. You probably run away. Everything's temporary. Money's so temporary. And poor is so temporary. And new friends so temporary. And so is the cemetery. Money so temporary. And poor is so temporary. And new friends so temporary. And so is the cemetery. Everything is temporary. Who are you to judge me now? Even when I'm low and weary, I'll get up again. From the landlord, chasing my problems with shots of the vodka, like what am I gonna do? Cause I'm only human, they look at my bruises and hit me with captions. If only you niggas know how much I put into making it happen. You be the one and all, I think about it all sometimes. Down on my luck, I've been more than enough, but it's not the end of life. Cause everything, 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 everything is temporary. You to judge me now, even when I'm low and weary, I'll get up again somehow. Ooh, fuck you and your opinions. Yeah, yeah. Say ooh, fuck you and your opinions. Back against the wall like you party, getting off the floor like an ollie. Left you to pursue the dream. I'm sorry. Looking at the TV and you saw me. I remember being hungry on the blue line on my way to do recording. Who'd have thought you'd eat when you were starving? I'm just starting. But already I'm ready to call it quits. They make the same record y'all call them is. If that's what it's taking to make it, they, they consider my new shit anonymous. Y'all know what time it is. Why do they try not to let us live up to potential? My nigga, we've been through a lot and I sent you a prayer. My Lord and my Savior, let's celebrate every day that we play. Ergo 88.5 WHPK. That was Saba featuring Tink with temporary a new track from him if you haven't heard his project comfort zone which came out last year or seen him live definitely go see him live have you seen him live jazz i have seen him live so oh, many times and it fire. gets better every single time yeah. he does it and yeah. i am a big fan of butter Much i was just like him. it's just i think he's a great person who does things to uplift people in ways they didn't think. Like, it's just very, very relatable. And I and that's such a cliche thing to say, but it reminds me of, like, All Right by Kendrick Lamar. So I've always just appreciated the work Saba does. So that, that idea of, like, uplifting people or bringing joy. Like, when I was writing the description for this show to, like, put up on the website, ergoradio.com, <laughs> I kept coming back to that I like idea. the melody there. That yeah. was like great. That was great. I'm going to get lower. Hey, on. F you and your opinions. No, we can harmonize. <laughs> y'all can harmonize. Y'all can get a Kirk Franklin little yeah, thing section going. Oh. Barbershop Quartet. That was like Marvin Sapp, more so. <laughs> <laughs> but I kept coming back to this idea of you, like, bringing the joy or, like, being, like, the light in the room. Like, you walk in, people gravitating to you, and that kind of being, like, an intrinsic thing. Mm. Um and I think that's true. Do you think that's true? I think it is, and I think it's something I'm not used to. It's just kind of like walking into your own power yeah. and how frightening that is, especially as somebody who uh, as, has always dealt with 
not knowing what power is, how to use it, how to mm. use it the right way, because there are terrible ways to use power. And I know I've definitely done those terrible things. And I think that just comes with growing and just realizing that it's just going to come to you, but also knowing that you have to be aware of who you are affecting at all times. Hmm. So there's kind of the, the two sides of having that power, but it also must kind of just drive you crazy to have everyone like looking to you to build yes. them up. You know, what are some of the, like maybe the best and the worst parts about being the light in the room? Like where does it, where does it feel like a burden and where does it feel like such a gift moments where you were happy you could, um, things that are good. I am the light. So that means I am in control in a certain extent of where, how much light can be used and how much light I'm going to decide to put away for later. Mm -hmm. So like that feels good, but also it becomes a thing because it's like a generator. Like if the whole building went out, like I feel like a generator sometimes, or it's just times where stuff is just really heavy and nobody else in the room got light and to always only be the only person with that natural source and to still try to have some for yourself has been a, a burden on my part. But I think the more I, you know, get into this this spiritual journey that I'm on right now and getting into the concept, because I'm a really big science fan, and just knowing that there's always energy. Everything around you is energy. Everything you do, you eat, you say, it has energy behind it. And learning how to channel that energy so you that you never run out, like that you always will be refilling, reusing, recycling energy and just moving it in a constant cycle and just to be always moving. That's something I'm learning, too, is to always be moving even if I'm standing still, it's just always something is generating a light or generating some positivity because we just don't have it enough. So I think a burden is also knowing that you cannot control that you have this gift and you have to just take it, take it for what it is and just take it in stride. And it's exhausting. It is extremely exhausting, especially where I'm at this age right now where I don't have all of the energy I used to have. <laughs> like, I used to play basketball, and I used to be able to do the three-hour practices and the six-hour car rides to wherever we was going to go out of the city. I used to be used to the 6 a.m. practices and the 37 billion suicides I had to run, but now I'm just like, yo, I'm just trying to chill, and when you are faced with that same energy you're not used to having anymore, especially in these younger kids who just need you it's just like putting on a face and you just got to sometimes as an artist we always got to put on faces even when we ain't got to it, it was interesting on the way over here as we're talking about how you so often in spaces are a, a shining light um how you are somewhat as you're saying like mm -hmm. as we're getting older how you are are pulling that in some and, and almost out of a way to self-sustain um, going more into introverted or, or shining mm -hmm. your light more inwards. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about how that shift is happening, especially since we are around, or especially you are so often around performers and artists themselves who you often uplift and how you, that you have shifted your role in that space. It's weird. Bit. I'm not going to lie and say it's weird. It's kind of funny. It kind of feels like, I kind of feel like... Uh, I don't know, like Fantasia when she took that break and it came back with the jams. Like, I felt like Mary J. Blige too when she came out and then she came back out with Just Fine. Like, that's how I feel right now. Just like talking on the radio, especially this being my first time on the radio, like this being a role that I have to walk into, being comfortable with my voice. And I think shifting from being a more extroverted individual to a more introverted uh, individual has just had me appreciate me more. Because as extroverts, we usually kind of like we get our energy from other people and sometimes we don't really realize like how sometimes everybody else's energy cannot sustain us or it might not be the greatest energy that should be sustaining us so when you learn that you are your own light and you are your own source it comes as like a relief to know that you can change things so yeah and that comfort in your own voice i mean for better or worse, we have a lot of poets up here, right? And <laughs> yeah. so part of the idea with a lot of the work using poetry is that it gives people that opportunity to have their voice. But do you think, like, first of all, did it do that for you? I imagine it did. And does it still? Or are you looking for other sources to help you feel like, yeah, this is how I can, you know, share my voice strongly and be confident in it? I think I've... In the 
quest of me becoming this more introverted person, I feel like I've gotten away from speaking, like in writing and like doing spoken word. I've really been more into what I see more than what I can say and kind of just allowing like my actions to speak for me. And I've been really into films a lot, a lot of films, photography, things where you have to like look at before you even get into words. And I think with that and this just this process of also becoming introvert is me just not going to open my and doing poems because I just enjoy now this just going to open mic and people expecting you to do a poem or like I know you can do a poem or we ain't got nobody here doing poems like you and it's just like I can't do it all the time and like I haven't had any really new uh, new work except just some things I've kind of been writing just for myself and also like my last piece Blackbird I wrote off of Mike Brown last November that was like the most recent piece that I've done that I can remember that I performed but it's just more so just now me dealing with coming back into the world and also what is my place going to be in the Chicago Renaissance? Cause it's happening right now. If it ain't already been happening, I don't think really the rev the Renaissance, the revolution, everything else between has really stopped. We kind of right. just seen it kind of fizz down a little bit, but it's gaining momentum. And I'm just trying to figure out what my place is in that. It's funny. Uh, I saw you tweet and we were talking a little bit about, you know, as you're saying, you, you it's been a, a while since you have performed mm -hmm. or created something. Um, how that need for self-care affects artistry yeah. um, and how you <laughs> can relate to Frank Ocean a little bit yes. oh as, a, as a fan who is, who is frustrated. Look, and I don't even know out. if Frank Ocean can hear me right now, but <laughs> Frank, Christopher, let me tell you, I need you to come on. Like you, you messing with my spirit. I need your music. And then, and then as I say that, I think about me as an artist and how I've been playing with this kid's book. And I'm just like, I know these kids need this book too. So I cannot rush the artistic process and how like capitalism is all around us and everything seems to be so consumable people have seemed to be so consumable and it's just frustrating as an artist and also as a consumer of music and someone who needs music to do almost anything to to just allow people to do things at their own pace and just allow yourself to just allow, enjoy the ride as an artist and a consumer of where your artist is going to take you and where you're going to take yourself as an artist. Yeah, you've been waiting on that new Frank Ocean album. Since like, 2012. Like since the, he dropped Channel Orange. I like, was like, okay, I need the next thing. The world's most excited, intense hype beast waiting for new Jordans. <laughs> yeah. Like you've been like clicking refresh on the blog. <laughs> yes, like over and every over again. single day. And I remember when July 31st, I'm like, he's got to do it today. Yeah. He has to. And then today is August 6th and I'm just like, okay, he really ain't got to do this. Like yeah. he knows. And, 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 and is crying but but you uh you said something interesting that, that you for a while now have been working on a children's book can you first tell us a little bit about that idea or, or how that came about and i'm interested how you kind of find a way to um reconcile your voice because you as a poet um you speak in very real ways and you know a, a mature aggressive i think way that not always aggressive but the the you know, one of my favorite pieces you have is you got me messed up or you got me effed up, right? <laughs> yes. And, and the way you can dominate a space um, so boldly, how do you then change your voice to then find or be interested in writing for children? How did that come about? And it how is, do you work with that? Uh, I'm constantly in all, I'm always two, I, it's not even really two people. It's just in two mindsets at all times. Like I can go from a six-year-old to a 23-year-old, 22-year-old within complete seconds. Like it can go from me reading i could be watching cartoons and reading audrey lord at the same time it's just it goes it goes at the same times different moves i watch american psycho and eat gogurts like it just <laughs> goes both ways both times and as an artist I, I was a big fan of shell silverstein and he was he was crazy i rocked <laughs> with him so heavy because he you didn't know he was crazy and that's what i wanted i want students and kids to know i don't want you to know i'm crazy until you're older and you can understand crazy and then you appreciate my crazy because then you're like, dang, I get it now. Like, you are crazy. You did talk about, like, I want my kids, like, the students who read my poems to be like, she wrote this poem about this really cool dragon who was dealing with racism and discrimination. And then you went and wrote a poem about you got me effed up. Like, that is, like, that's what I want my kids to see. I want them to be able to use my poetry from each walk of their lives and how 
however that looks. And even if you got to take a break on me because you don't think that I got what you need right now, I want you to still be able to come back. And just having those two lanes to just maneuver between has always just been a blessing. To me. You have a title for that book? Tea Time with Dragons. Wow. Tea Time with Dragons. Do you think that the, you know, you talk a little bit about like moving away from getting up and reading those pieces. Do you think like the, that process, that subtlety of like you can come back to it later like that doesn't work like spoken word is just so on the nose mm -hmm. like it has metaphors in it but it's like here's what i'm saying and i'm saying it damn it yeah i can say that on the radio you can but uh, <laughs> <laughs> like is that like why do you think it's harder when you're standing on stage reading a poem like that or maybe it's not harder maybe that's just the way people typically use the medium but like where why isn't there the subtlety in a poem like that is performed in a slam mm, i think so just to speak on like just doing spoken word and standing on the stage or however many people you're doing it with, it's a moment of, it's like philosophy. I'm a Sagittarius. I'm a big about philosophy, big ideas, just big expansive in the clouds and how I see the world sometimes changes. So when you on stage, it feels like it's just you. Like it, it really does. Like you can see all these people, but I'm really not even looking at y'all. Like whatever poem I wrote, I wrote for myself. Like, and you can tell when somebody wrote a poem for themselves and when they wrote it for somebody else because you can just hear it, and it feels different. Because when you write it for yourself, nobody's up there except you. And then when you're expressing it, whoever's supposed to pick up on it is going to pick up on it. And I, that's why spoken word and slam, it kind of tweaks me out a little bit because... I cannot control how I end up doing my piece this one day and how I decide to do it the next. And if that's going to kind of deter what kind of point system you're going to give me, that's not really what I'm trying to do. Like, it is, it was fun because I play sports, and it's always fun to have people yelling and getting numbers and stuff. Yeah. But then it does weigh on you in a certain sense of just like, what are you doing this for? Like, and having to switch that off, like, even if it's for money or publicity, whatever, just that constant switching on and off of, like, purpose and what you're doing, anything for it. And artistry, like, I watched that Nina Simone documentary, mm. and it moved me completely, and it made me really think about what it means to be an artist and be a young black woman as an artist, yeah, and who am I doing it for, really, honestly. I feel like that movie has become like the foundational. It's like the the, the cornerstone of this show. Like we've talked about it damn near every week. Yeah. yeah, and it's a crazy. It's a really. It's just crazy just to see. Like I didn't know Nina right? Simone had it. Like I did not know it was going down like that. As an artist, to constantly put on a mask and to always have it together, even if you ain't together, like even if Beyonce decided to come in here and sing, listen, like that was a real song and it was all dream girls. And that was an amazing <laughs> soundtrack, but she had it together and we don't know why she wrote, listen, we don't know why she sung it the way she did, but whatever it was and however it was brought to consume, it was brought into this package for us to have it as something consumable for us to deal with that emotion or whatever situation she wrote it for in that situation. And to have Nina dealing with all of these other yeah. things with her Ooh. child and her love life and dealing with black, being black and dealing with trying to find freedom and to have it look so, just to do it so elegantly is, a, a, is something I'm really trying to master. Yeah, I think that, 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 that piece was really moving. Uh, mm -hmm. Because I don't think we realized how big she was or how tragic her downfall was in our generation. And it's and a second coming. Right, and how much her fight of artistry and truth and freedom and resistance and oppression and all those like mm -hmm. big ideas were coming together at one time and how that speaks to 2014, 2015, 2016. And I think that just comes down to just bringing, and I think that's an amazing point, Damon. I think it's also just more important to realize that you will always be an artist. Just like you, like it, you will always be an artist. And me and my friend Delisa talk about this all the time. Shout you out Delisa. Delisa, yeah. Shout out to Delisa, <laughs> the an amazing and DJ, an amazing yeah. DJ. Uh, she, we talk about this all the time, like how you just don't feel like writing or you don't feel like talking about whatever you're dealing with or just dealing with the idea of not having anything for people to have. But as an artist, you have to realize that artists take breaks too. Like you, you close up shop, you clock out any other time, like any lawyer or any nine to five, you got to clock, find time to clock out. And I decided that 2015 was going to be my time to clock out. That's for real. Up. As you are talking about taking a break, we're going to take a break from talking a little bit. <laughs> And, and play another song. You see the segue there? You see I'm, I'm getting the okay. hang of this thing. Look, we got a little Sagittarius Virgo vibes <laughs> going on in here. And Speaking of elegance with the transition and elegance with the song, 
Yeah, we got the joy as we were talking about finding your, your passion and your joy. We got Milo and Otis, the joy. Wonderful Jamila Woods, who hopefully you'll see appear at some point soon Yay! with the joy. This is Ergo on WHBK 88.5 here in Chicago and ergoradio.com. We're here with Jasmine Barber. Yeah. Hey, hey. Hey, And uh, as that song was playing from one, uh, we're talking about Nina into another elegant singer, uh, Jamila. You brought up another one. Uh, Miss Brandy. Yes, I brought up Brandy. Is, it's part I'm of that not, logical I'm so lineage. I'm so unapologetic <laughs> about it. I'm so unapologetic about Brandy. 
Uh, I was listening to Brandy after I got off work, and she moved me to tears. I was listening to I Want to Hold You Down by uh, Brandy and with Queen Latifah and MC Light. And it was just like, I don't, I just at one, I just broke down into tears, especially just in the situation of the stuff that's been going on with black women and like us trying to find our power and support and how we just don't have those that music anymore like i love Nicki minaj i love rihanna i love the stuff they're doing but where are the uh like the like the adults because they still young <laughs> like they still young and that's understandable like there's still the youth aspect of that and it's helping the kids and especially young women especially myself be like okay it's cool i can do whatever i i can do whatever i want as long as i'm happy doing it i'm I, there's consent whatever the case may be like that that freedom to do what you want to be and be who you want to be and be unapologetic about it is great but then there's things like okay are you taking care of yourself like, are you really taking care of yourself? And, like, do you do we have older black women to go to and be like, I'm not taking care of myself, or I'm not good right now, I'm not feeling good right now, who can I go to instead of just always going to each other? Because just like I talked to my little brother about how him and his friends regurgitate the same stuff to each other, young black women can be doing the same thing, and we don't have those other pillars above us to really be like, yo, this is what you should be doing, this is what you not should be doing. Like, I listen to Doo-Wop by Lauryn Hill, like, and I listened to her whole little Unplugged album yesterday, and we don't have that no more. That just unapologetic, like, I messed up, I effed up, I was broken, but I'm here, I'm here again. And just to have that, like Nina Simone and Lauryn Hill, to cry and to be broken down and to refer to themselves as coming in second comings like to know that you can start over again like how like when you get older you get out of high school or college you kind of like you always in high school get four chances to start over you get freshman year to, you mess up freshman you get to be a sophomore again <laughs> if you want to be a sophomore and so on and so forth and just to know that it's okay to start over like your body is always constantly Rechanging, just like you grow nails, hair, your eyelashes, all of that skin, you have a chance to regenerate in so many different ways. And I think that Brandy just showed me, like, she regenerated herself when she went on. I just seen her BT, like, her live when they all came back there and they did that. And just to see that power and have those type of women, like, guarding us and just showing us it's okay to go back and do that again. It's absolutely amazing. So. Yeah, it, it, on a mainstream level, there's definitely an absence yeah. of that. Would you say there's anything like that you could find on the internet that might feel that way? I know I yeah. didn't hear it yet, but Erica had a, a new mixtape that, that's about like self love and stuff. Oh my God, that was so cold. It's a he it's heavy. I'm not even gonna lie to you and say it ain't heavy, but I think it's heavy with the right stuff. But it's definitely um I don't think we really should be looking to mainstream for anything. I think if you get in the mainstream, I'm proud of you because you know that's not a hard lane. That's a hard lane to get into. But then you especially if you're doing what you really love and you making the music you really want to make, it's hard to get into that lane. I don't know too much about music in the industry mm. but from what I do know and talking to friends it is not an easy thing to maneuver or navigate and so when you do get in that I always pray and just you know hope for the best of my friends and the people around me when they get into that lane so so why so as a you know as a woman going through those moments for you you're saying you don't have these this generation above you of older black women to turn to um, but in terms of like contemporaries are there dudes making art basically who it's in like that you settle for, even though it doesn't speak directly to you, like moments where it still gets you? And I'm thinking of the reaction that you had to Frank or the reaction you have to uh, Kendrick Lamar's All Right or stuff like that. Like, can it get you part of the way there? Yeah, I think it can. And I think that that's about what it's about being an artist, too, is just like when you can't find things that necessarily. If the things that are not fueling you are coming to, to you directly, you have to go look for them. Just like anything else in this world, you got to go look for it. So, like, if I ain't happy what's playing on the radio, then that's why I got Spotify. That's why I'm paying that nine ninety nine a month because I ain't got to worry about it. And that's why I got Pandora, SoundCloud, my own music. I have friends who make music. There's outlets for music everywhere. And I feel like that's what it comes down to, too, is just, like, if I feel like I don't, there's not enough black women taking this role to help meditate, you know, help, medit help kids med uh, meditate, meditate or become well in certain areas then that means i gotta fill that role so that's what just what it's about is just making a lane for yourself quick side note before we move on here's a uh, pro tip for everyone out there if you have a dot edu email address left over <clears throat> excuse me from college or high school whatever you can get that half price spotify oh 
See, okay. Write that right. down, Jack. Okay. Down. Get it in the lie. phone. All right. <laughs> I'm going to have to get on it. Um, but, you know, in those moments of having to regenerate, basically, uh, I know we were talking a little bit about a moment recently, and I've seen you make mm -hmm. some art in response to it uh, that basically brought you down and then forced you to try to pull mm -hmm. back up. Do you want to... Are you cool to yeah, talk a little I'm bit about what cool happened? Yeah, I'm definitely cool talking about that. Um, I, like we were talking about earlier, I live in Beverly. Um, I was shooting a film for uh, a project, a final project that I had to do, and I was at the park, and I was facing away from the street that the these white kids, I think it was like four or five white kids, I still really kind of don't have any information. I didn't get a license plate or anything. But they drove past and shot me directly in the left ear with a paintball gun. Wow. And I pretty much... I don't think I really have, I've processed what's happened on a, on a lot of different levels, uh, but the one thing I definitely want to make sure is I have my hearing. Like, all I could think, it was crazy, like, how quickly life flashes before your eyes a little bit, because I wasn't, I knew I wasn't dying, but I knew something drastic had happened. And all I remember was, I heard Stevie Wonder, that girl playing in my ear, and I was just like, I have to be able to hear this song with two ears. Wow. And I and I don't even think I've, like, told anybody that, but I just heard wow. Stevie Wonder playing and I was just I have to be able to hear I have to be able to hear music with two ears and I just remember trying to get all the pain out and I was just I got to make sure I, I can hear and I heard it was just like a bomb going off in my ear and it just heard like crush like, it just heard like crush like somebody broke into like like everybody I believe has like the, like there's a boundary like everybody has boundaries like there's boundaries you let your parents get into like your own personal space and then there's boundaries friends lovers teachers so on and so forth and the personal boundary that I had for myself was broken like shattered completely and I was wide open in the middle of the park and just like to see like a hundred kids it was like a hundred white kids up there playing baseball no less than like 50 to 100 feet away from me and to have nobody see it except the two black kids were involved with it just really just showed me that this is it's a whole new world like it's a whole other world that we are living in that they don't even know is existing and it's just like that utter disregard for other people's lives is just like absolutely ridiculous because if that could have been a kid like that could have been a six-year-old and i'm glad it was me because i feel like i can handle that but to know that that could have been a six-year-old or if i would have turned like another inch or two while he was still talking to me and been shot in the eye and been blind is just like I, I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. I, and I, I saw that, you know, on Twitter mm -hmm. as, as, it, as it was happening. It was really disheartening just as a friend and as a human being seeing that that happened to you. It, it was it was really a tough experience as I'm already kind of in yeah. this traumatized mm -hmm. place against violence against black people. Uh, but there was also something kind of comforting for it in a weird way. Yeah. One, that you had that outlet of, of Twitter and the way you articulated it the uh was really moving i think feel like you understood it and contextualized it really mm -hmm. well and then secondly to see the community that we have and see kind of the support and the love that you were able to get back and to see people saying that we you know we care about you sis you yeah know, you okay? and that was great and i love that because the person i was with caleb like, he was such a great person and he was there for me and like to know and that's the power of i think that's the power black people have too is that that resilience isn't just about taking pain it, and or like and just dealing with it on your own is that you have other people who are here to be with you no matter what who they are how they come forth they're always there for you and i think that is something that means something to me even more is that i have people around me even when i did shut myself off and i had to get that time to be in that hermit shell and that crap and then just get inside myself but to come know that there's people on the outside of that is so so reaffirming for me so. Yeah, I mean that vulnerability you're talking about and standing in the middle of this park and feeling just completely open like you're someone who is no stranger to making yourself vulnerable and open to people. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it's one thing to do it on your own terms. Yes. And to choose it. And it's another thing. And it's I mean, that's where in addition to the physical violence, like that's the other thing with an act of violence, right? Is that it makes another person 
vulnerable in all kinds of ways. Oh, and and it was. And then you have to try to like grab the. the And I and I'm about that because I I'm I'm a person I don't like crying in front of people, but I've now gotten I just know that that's who I am. Like, and also in these situations, in these times, and the spiritual warfare that we're all going through right now, and just trying to figure out who we are and what the next step is, it's gonna be a lot of crying and dropping of the hats. And there's just like now I realize that if I can be shot in the middle of the park and like by some white kids who don't even know me, then that means anything can happen. So like, and that was, it's just kind of like messed up that sometimes near death experiences or things like that really do shed a light on you on what you're not doing and like what type of things you have allowed yourself not to do. Like being on this, I don't think I would have been on the radio show if I didn't get shot in the face because I don't think that I would have had the courage to be like, I don't know. I'm kind of like still not open. Cause I was still unsure about that film I made. Like I was like, I don't know if I want to do this, like talking on camera, like cameras being all in my face and to have somebody like shoot you directly in your temple where all your ideas sit in. Like if you shoot that place or hit it hard enough, you can make somebody have brain damage, like to have that be something that can happen. And for me to have all these amazing ideas and amazing thoughts and amazing words trapped inside of here that I'm too scared to allow to free, you know, himself, free yourself from. It is definitely something that's opened my eyes. Well, in a little bit, we're going to hear a piece from you, but coming off of that moment, what is it now as you have this kind of regeneration? What do you, what do you want to be making right now? And what are you excited? Like, maybe not specifically but like what is it that now you're like man i gotta do this i gotta do this i almost cursed i gotta do this for the kids for real because i think that this work that i've taken to work on myself and the crying and the anger and like the unearthing of all old past life issues and just unearthing all of that and allowing myself to like grow from that if kids have that in any situation i feel like for the most part they can come in and then they can be like i can actually contextualize this situation i don't have to go out and do nothing crazy or harm myself anymore because if i didn't take all that time i did to work on myself my first initial reaction was I'm finna go, I'm finna go shoot some stuff up. Cause I'm just like you, y'all shot me in the face. Y'all took, y'all took my, y'all, y'all, y'all shot me in my pride. Like y'all hit me in my head. Like that's like getting muffed. I felt like I was getting muffed. Like I really felt like I got muffed by that white community. Like they were just like, F you, whatever you got going on. I don't care about your tears. I don't care about your grandma being in the hospital. I don't care about you not trying to figure out what you're trying to do with your life. I don't care about you being broke. I don't care. All I see is your skin and that's all we after. So I'm at a point right now, it's just like, oh, yeah, you only see us my skin? I'm finna put this skin all over your stuff. I'm finna drape it out because y'all gonna have a flag of my skin in front of the crib. And I want kids to put their skin on the flag, too, and be like, it's all a go. Y'all want to raise y'all Confederate flags? I'm having my skin all over you. (laughs) You want to have me out here in all these shows? I'm finna have it. Like, and I want kids. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just have it out here. And I'm just so geeked. Like, I'm really geeked. Like, I don't know what's next, but I know something's coming. I know who I can be and what I am and in that one moment really showed me that and I want kids to have that same momentum that when they parents are getting on their nerves or when the school or the police want to say anything crazy to them I want them to still walk away and just like I'm that nigga that's love it don't matter what you <laughs> thought beforehand yeah. or what you don't know about me I'm still that nigga and I'm gonna be that nigga right before the ground after the ground this life the next life I was that nigga in these other lives before this one <laughs> so you gonna realize that and if you don't everybody else is and you gonna see it mic drop i think that's what could really be appreciated uh about you most as a teaching artist uh i think more than any workshop you might do um the way you are an example of, of of vulnerability and humanity and own it um, is really powerful. So with that, uh, we're going to make you vulnerable one more time okay. and put you on the spot with our fan favorite weekly oh, segment. Snap. Let me tell you how it goes. It's called <laughs> Let Me School You, Youngin'. Uh, All right. Yeah. Okay. And so we got a new feature to it. Um, you can either school the youngins or you can be the youngin' that gets schooled. Ooh, school me. So here's school what we do. Is we go, we play an old school track. School mm-hmm. we, we, we dust out the crates, play, play one of them kind of obscure joints that gets washed away in history. Not some, like the everyday Al Green cookout song, right? Right. It's a song you really got to know your stuff. Um, this one's from 1971. So if you know the artist or the, the group or the name of the song, then you can school the youngins. And if you're not hip, then we have schooled you. Okay, youngins. that's fine. So here we go. I can't tell you what it is. Okay. And while the song plays, we're going to roller skate around in roller derby style in <laughs> just full polyester. And I got a purple fro, so yeah. you already know I'm ready. On point.
WHBK.org. That was your Let Me School You Youngin' for the Week. Jasmine, any ideas? I like you want to say you get a like, couple guesses. You get three guesses. Ooh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> I knew that though. That was I knew that was gonna go out the window. <laughs> but you know, you just gotta throw that one out there. Uh, that voice. That. Oh my God. I know who this is. Like, I'm lucky gonna be mad when y'all tell me who it is. Cause I'm not finna find out right now. But when y'all tell me who it is, I'm gonna know. Who All right. It so, is. You, so you give up? I'm gonna give up. All right. 1971. The song was called "People Make the World Go Round," and it's by the Stylistics. I was finna say the. Oh, I know who's the Stylistics. So you just got schooled, y'all. Man. <laughs> I feel like I'm on Jeopardy. I lost all my little double Jeopardy points I had lined 1992, up. 1992, mm. you just got school. Crazy, y'all talking about 1971. I was just listening to Off the Wall by Michael Jackson. I listened to that entire album. That album is crazy. I don't think that's the same year. It's not. It's that, not. But I, I just thought about it. I'm like, okay, when you, when you played, you was like 19, so I'm like, say 79 so I could go ahead oh, and okay. say Michael Jackson word, Off word. the Wall. Nah, that's too but easy. But it was it. Uh-uh. All right, we're about to get out of here. We're running out of time. But Jasmine, please... You've dropped so many gems. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. you. I appreciate it. Thank you. You want to take us out with a a poem? Yeah, I'm going to take y'all out with a poem. I wrote this poem uh, when I was at this point of, like, figuring out, like, everybody in this spiritual thing, I'm figuring out the glow up as what the kids are calling it. Uh, it's really just realizing that you have a dark side and you got a light side. Sure. And the light side is the part of your, like the ego trip. And you just, I'm raw, I'm cold, I'm bad, I can do all this. But then it's also in this case of like your spiritual uh, like awakening is that you are like, I might not always be a great person. I do get jealous. <laughs> I know I can't save money. Like you gotta <laughs> always have the balance. But in this case, I wrote this poem. Uh, about me and like just being it based off of uh, Nikki Giovanni's ego tripping. So I wrote my own ego tripping piece. I'm gonna read that for y'all. I got cursing in it, so I'm gonna try to blank, but I don't know about blanking. Can we blank or how'd that go? We can blank. We can blank. Okay. And anyway, right. I kind of want beef with the FCC anyway. So if it's oh, a yeah. mistake, uh, uh, no, let's blank it out. So we'll okay. All right. Let me see <laughs> if I what I got here. All right. Okay. I be too fly like. Six dragons in the park with kites like the moon after a bong rip. I rip souls into two. Too much woman for your bones to handle. Handle me with care or I'll detonate in your back pocket. I be so irresistible. I taste like good karma and raw honey. I smoke mics and all you want to tell me is you raw honey. I got wealth in my walk. 
I walk in, you got to look at me twice. Once for my soul and secondly for my body. I got body. Call me Nefertiti with more titties. I be monumental. 20 feet tall. I be the gaze of Giza from Chicago. I be south side wise. Black elephants in my skin. I got Africa resting in my lungs to digest all of my woman. You need four stomachs. I be too thick, too slick, too fixed on me. You be stuck, frozen. When you with a queen like this, you can only, only grow, man. Man, I be too one man. Double helix of Felix. Feline, too fine, foxy lady. Forget who you talking to. I'll be all over you. Try to clown me, nigga. I'll be over you. No way to get me off your mind. I'll be all over you. Gotta wash your insides with bleach three times. I'll be Atlantic and Nile River. Send you up creek, running back to your mama because you can't get down with all this melamine. Best believe I stood against Hellamin. I'll be fresh to death. Scratch that. I'll be fresher than the death of my past lives and the ones after me. I don't be wondering who coming after me. I'll be too much Cosmo to conquer. i do voodoo. I'll be quick with it. Dagger for a tongue. My mouth be a booby trap. I'll school you on womanism and still ask you where to do at. More classic than Scooby Snacks. More 90s than niggas and get money track. Revolutionary. Fighting to get my blood back. I be too fly. Hey. hey, bars, bars, bars. Thank y'all for that was having dope. me. Never titty with more titties. That's just go crazy. Look, hey, and it's right on time because I heard BT Uncut coming back. So y'all hey. need to go ahead and give me, get my poem on there. Open up the whole show with that. A strong young voice indeed. <laughs> Jasmine Barber here on Ergo WHBK. Follow us on Twitter, Ergo Radio. Facebook, same thing. Peep the podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, please. Jasmine, you got any last things you want to plug? Uh, You're going to be on BET Uncut next week. I am definitely going to be on BET Uncut next week with Lenny Kravitz. Uh, but anyways, uh, I have a Twitter and Instagram. Uh, it's Oprah underscore Gucci. It kind of just shows the polarity of both of my sides. Like She's just very good on Twitter. You have an excellent Twitter. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, I have um, a Twitter and Instagram, Oprah underscore Gucci. I have a Facebook. Uh, yeah, just take care of yourselves, y'all. It is the time to really be looking in inwards and trying to figure out how you can be a force out here in these times because it's not going to get no easier but we ain't getting no weaker so that's the only thing that really can come from this is just keep shining keep doing what you got to do take care of your bodies eat good and stay away from this nonsense that's going on go home and watch some netflix there you go jasmine barber ergo whbk we'll be back next week i got a flight to catch damon Ooh. Man, much love. We appreciate y'all. As always, stay strong, stay black, stay yourself if you're not black. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate the shout out there. Yeah, stay yourself, Help man. some black people if that's what you is. Go ahead. <laughs>